You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Nordics podcast, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful technical leaders in the Nordic region. I'm Dan Meitschek, I help companies connect with the best tech talent, and I'm your host. Welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today, I'm joined by Andrea, Tobias and Islehul to discuss leadership, micromanagement versus delegation. So before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. Andrea, do you want to kick us off? Yes, thank you, Daniel. Thank you very much. Um, I'm Andrea Bergamini. I'm Italian and uh, in Sweden since uh, four years and currently working in Electrolux in Stockholm. Uh, my background is is in the, the white goods industry and the consumer electronics. So I've been graduating in uh, in economics and management and now I've been working in several industries in the in the in the industry. Uh, I've been always covering positions between sales, marketing and product management. Um, and I'm currently responsible for uh, the laundry category for the Nordic markets uh, for Electrolux for uh, commercial implementation, profit and loss, pricing and overall strategies and directions for that. So very happy to to be here and to discuss the topic with you guys. Thanks for the opportunity. Fantastic. Cheers, Andrea. Um, we'll move on to you, Tobias, next. Yes, thank you so much. So my name is Tobias. Um, I um, now work for a startup uh, called Josin. We're a digital career coach uh, and with the aim of helping people find career satisfaction in different ways. Uh, there I run the, the product, but as all early stage startups, you do a little bit of everything. So involved in marketing and in um, other stuff as well, of course. Um, my background is uh, I've been working for 12 years for Shipstead in various roles, uh, partly launching blocket sites around the, the world, 24 uh, to be said, a product, product, product manager and then leading the whole team and then in various innovation roles um, there, both in media and marketplaces. So I usually work when uh, there is little little there and trying to, to build up in, in that uh, in big scale. So that's that's my my background. Fantastic. Cheers, Tobias. And then last but not least, uh, we'll go to you, Islahul. Hi, everyone. Yeah, happy to be here. Uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm Islahul. I work at Mavenoid, uh, which is a hardware support uh, automation platform. Uh, I'm going to try to not put on my sales hat for the other two guys here. But, you know, let's say if, if your Electrolux uh, washing machine breaks down and, and you need help, uh, you, you go on to go on to our website and uh, on the Electrolux website and our bot comes up and and then you you would you would go through the self service area and try to fix it yourself and we would ask some smart questions and and recommend some solutions for you we don't do that for Electrolux yet but but that's kind of what we do and i joined there as a second employee um, really early stage uh, around almost 4 years ago now uh, and and then now we are uh, I, I think it's like 80 people or something like that. Uh, and I'm a team lead of a team uh, of a multifunctional team uh, responsible for our end user experiences and uh, life support agent experiences. Uh, originally, I'm from India, coming from a really small town, so don't ask uh, where exactly it is. Um, and I'm really passionate about startups and tech in general. Fantastic. Cheers, guys. Um, so now that we've established a bit of context about each of you, We'll move on to the topic and focus. So you all have a question or statement on leadership, micromanagement versus delegation. And as usual, I'll work around the room asking each of you to pose your question and the reasons behind it. Um, so each of you will have the opportunity to give your take on the situation. 
But before we kick off, I'll open it up to the floor. Micromanagement versus delegation. What's everyone's opinions? Maybe I can uh, I can start and see if we can kick it off. Like um, I think it's very it's very actual as a as a as a topic. I mean, every one of us working in in small or big or companies in general is facing the same uh, challenges with our teams. And how do we make sure that um, we don't want to micromanage them too much, but still making sure we, we achieve our results and we empower our teams. So um, it's very interesting, very actual, and will be even more relevant probably for the years to come for the way that, that our work will be played out. Uh, between office or remote working in the future. Yeah, I was also thinking of uh, delegation versus micromanagement, whether it's, you know, two sides of a, of a coin or can you put them in, in two axes and, and then you can you can walk across those the, that access to have like both micromanagement and delegation uh, at the same time. And I, I think that's actually the case. Uh, and it's uh, to me, it's quite interesting to think about uh, micromanagement in particular to try to break that down what that actually means because you know obviously when you when you hear that word you're like oh no i don't want this and this this sucks like it's it's bad but what does that actually mean like is that you know somebody behind sitting behind you tapping your shoulder every 5 seconds and asking what what are you up to is it people who are defining the entire exact path that you need to take as as a contributor um, do you have no agency over what you are going to do next? Or what what are your you know um, what's what's the degree of freedom that you have uh, as an employee in in that company? What's the kind of influence that you have and so on? Um, so micromanagement kind of you know sounds sounds really bad, but when you start breaking it down, it really it it goes into many different places that are not not actually related to that term. In itself, um, and delegation, I think is is something. Uh, it's it's more of a, a practice, and uh, it's a it's a practice that that is obviously hard because it 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 involves almost transferring responsibility to somebody else, and I think some of that decision making is quite quite interesting. Uh, so happy to go into details over the session. Um, yes, I think like with all leadership, it, it depends and different tools can be used in different situations. But um, overall, a framework that um, uh, I've been using and the teams I've been working with using is this. Our goal is to create highly motivated teams that are productive in itself. And there's this theory behind that around self-determination theory that says that people uh, are self-motivated if they are, their needs for their competence and their needs for their autonomy and their needs for their connection with others are fulfilled and then uh, then they are motivated themselves so the question is like how can we as leaders do that and in one way micromanagement goes directly against the kind of autonomy and having control of their their decisions so from a theoretical perspective, I do think that, okay, delegation is is a way to go if you want to do that. But then it depends, right? If you have new people coming on board that doesn't know so much stuff, you need to instruct them and learn and, and teach them on different things and give them up, up to speed, which might need more kind of micromanagement. And then people are different. Some people, in order to build up their competence, uh, needs to be following clear instructions and way to work before they can be autonomous in different ways. While others, just like I want to feel, how um, to say, figure out things on my own and be autonomous. So from a leader, I think it's important to to understand it. But from from my, I think the the kind of uh, default or long-term position needs to be delegation because you want to create this kind of autonomous and empowered 
teams that are that are working on that. And another way, I like on if you are the only way to scale as a leader is to be able to delegate and and move towards that direction. Otherwise, you need to be on top of everything, and you need to be like the best of everything because micromanagement in itself means a little bit on being in control what others do, and then you need to have most of the answers. Um, and that's very stressful, I think, uh, in the long term, if you are in a position of micromanagement all the time, because you you won't be able to to lift your head up in different ways. Fantastic. Cheers, guys. Um, so we'll move on to, uh, to see your question first, Tobias, if you want to introduce and have a little talk about it. Sure. Uh, so one one um, area that I've been touching upon uh, much more, or everyone in a way, because we have been in a pandemic, um, is how to make how the remote work impacts the leadership when it comes to micromanagement and leadership. And a year ago in August, we, me and my co-founder, we we started the the Josie uh, company. Uh, and we were uh, assembled a team um, located in a different time zone. So we're in five or six different countries in five or six different time zones. Uh, and not just like one hour there. We have people in the US and we have one person in Mexico, uh, which uh, puts a bit of a um, um, I say, uh, challenges on how to, to lead a team, uh, especially when you're new and you're iterating and you're innovating a lot. We needed to find a way to actually communicate that vision in a, in a good way. Um, and in general, I think that remote work um, has pushed the need for delegation even even more, right? Because when sitting in different locations, you need to tr- really trust that the work is being done by your employees. Uh, and it's more difficult to control and, and be there uh, when you're not sitting in the same room. Like uh, you, were, you were saying, it's all about someone tapping you on the shoulder and, and asking you questions. It's not literally working like that. And also the line of communications on Slack and things like that makes it slower to, to do so. It's hard to be a, a real micromanager when you're sitting remote, like from a from a just uh, overall overall perspective. Um, so it creates challenges for 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 a manager to to work uh, on a remote. And I think um, if you need to delegate more, a key to successful delegation is to be really good at sharing on uh, the context on why the work is needed, and have clear clear goals whereby that person or the team can control how to solve it. So us who are being a lot in product, uh, we are really good at saying the why and what the, the KPI we need to move work. So it's relatable to us. And then we have our friends in UX and tech who helps us to, to make the how, and then we work together on, on making, making it short. But uh, as I said, like for remote work, there's uh, less quick synchronous uh, check-ins on the context and the goals, and, and there's no coffee breaks where you can talk over it in that way. I think as a manager, uh, one needs to be be do even more work on communicating and setting up the processes or the the ways to be able to, for everyone to understand that context and understand why the goals are set in dif- different ways. So for us then at, at Josie, when we're in this early stage, um, uh, it has been a bit tricky, I must say, coming into it when there's a lot of insights like daily on uh, how uh, about the users, um, about how they use it, uh, about the twists and turns that we do, uh, because the, the speed of iteration is, is very, very, very fast. So we have, with trial and error, I think, built up a process that's better than it was uh, initially. and. Um, early on, I was like uh, the glue. So uh, the tech people were sitting in in um, uh, here in Europe, and then we had UX UI in in US US and Mexico. And time zone wise, I think uh, you need to find it's difficult uh, to find the slots to work together. 
um, because it's difficult to write things all the time and make it asynchronous when there's a lot of iterations, a lot of uh, discussions doing it. So I became a bottleneck, right? So me talking to the UX UI, setting the direction for them, a bit micromanaging them or what needs to be done because we had or I had the vision in my head where to go and then translating it to the to the tech persons in another way. So uh, it was not a good setup. So what we tried to do is manage to find slots almost every day. It doesn't need to be more than 15 minutes um, in order to um, uh, to make sure that we see each other and we can give feedback from the tech perspective, the UX perspective and the product perspective um, uh, synchronously with each other in order to work together and problem solve together um, in order to uh, to make it quicker than when we when we when we're going to launch things into the to the product. So that's one thing that um, I think when it comes to the uh, how to be. I was a bit of a micromanager then in the early stage, but instead of me being a micromanager, making sure that the team together solves the issues and give feedback on it, and then they don't become much better than if just I am the one giving the feedback and then we problem solve together. And that kind of time to problem solve together has also helped us shape and align on the vision and what we're trying to solve in different ways. So it meant having a bit more meetings than we've had before, but it actually helped us um, be more aligned and go quicker in, in what we need to do. So you can say that I outsourced <laughs> the micromanagement to the team uh, on, on what needs to be done and, and more more setting the, the scene for, for innovating together, um, so to say. You know, like when when uh, when you and uh, uh, is were talking about the, this uh, person tapping your shoulder I, I remember an episode I had when I was still working in Italy and we had uh, the C CEO going around the office and looking behind your desk like your your screen for what you were doing in that moment and you know of course you're not always on the Excel or on the PowerPoint and there was this fear of this person coming and looking at your PC while you were there so that's that's the example of you know like really micromanaging being there so that's that's a, that's a kind of manager at least I and and I, I guess we share the same we don't we don't want to be and um, um but hearing actually hearing your experience is very it's very interesting because I, I can totally relate. I mean, uh, I, I'm the setup of Electrox is of course different, um, but the the way we started working when the pandemic hit and the way we were interacting with the team, actually, I find it I find it almost uh, almost the same. Um, and uh, I, in my experience, when when I was hit with that, and then I had to manage the team remotely, and there was a lot of uncertainty, and of course. The risk was that everyone would be running in their own direction, kind of running their own agenda. Um, so what, what what we were thinking was, okay, we need to really sit down and tight the culture. So, or And if there is no culture, make one and, and kind of make sure that everyone buys in on the big plan and that everyone is committed to that. And, and you know, and then that, that's how we could make sure that everyone working at, at home uh, in their, in their uh, living rooms, they were kind of, always looking at the same big picture because that's the big picture that they they, they uh, liked as well and they were felt motivated for that. Um, so culture, one plan, one vision, that they were kind of the things we were looking at as, as a management team. Um, but then of course also how to, um, and this also maybe taps us in, in, in some discussion we will have later, but how to make sure that you feel the team feels that you are there if, even if you cannot be there. And there you can have a lot of ideas. I mean, we had like, you know, uh, by um, every other day, 15 minute uh, coffee break altogether, or 
one-to-ones or team uh, get-up or uh, um, virtual um, uh, fika or virtual uh, like uh, after work, like how to make sure that we keep the connection with the team and, and so that everyone feels in a team. So the team is very high. Um, so that's that's something that helped. I like sharing because I felt like really a good connection with what you said and and uh, and uh, that's how at least I uh, and, and the team thought it through. I think this kind of um, spending time together, I mean, you cannot do it um, all the time, but make sure that you always have that kind of check-ins or uh, um, and time together, I think can first of all, bring up that kind of connectness to others. So we're talking about uh, highly motivated teams. And the other one is to to make sure that the communication lines are are open uh, for, for different ways and, and, and showcasing that. And I mean, stand up and daily stand ups is very common with, within uh, within tech. So so that's something that um, that that um, works well. But sometimes you also need to make sure that you find the time to to problem solve together around the thing. So like doing a one hour workshop around a, a subject. OK, we have uh, this problem in our um, in our platform. Uh, how do we solve it together? And that and you can do workshops in a good way um, online. I mean, you have Google Sheets and all that kind of stuff where you just do your own post-its and things like that. So it's easy to do it. But just that kind of way of having it once in a while to 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 problem solve together, I think, uh, brings connectness, but also this kind of alignment and, and that take time to spend spend together in different ways and not do everything in a, in a written form, um, so to say. And just on alignment to, to add something there. So um, it's it's quite easy to run into these situations where there is some misalignment and, you know, there, there, there are, uh, let's say, maybe you cut it off at, at a stage where it's going into a decision and the decision is not made and you correct it and, and then you you fix it. Uh, or you make yourself as the decision filter and, you know, all decisions go by you and, and so on. Uh, but another uh, reactive approach is also interesting where you you see the decisions that are being made and then you figure out why they were made in the the way they were made. And uh, there is usually some sort of context that is missing. So that person who made the decision just had some perspective that was, uh, you know, maybe for a particular area that they were working with and they did not consider another area. So then as a reaction to that, instead of, you know, fixing the decision or, you know, making something else happen, just take Take a step back and and look at what was the missing context for that person, and then uh, give that to them. And this this also encourages more autonomy on on their part because if they make a mistake and then you come and correct them, they will look at you to avoid the next mistake. But instead, if you fix the context part and then let them correct their mistake, then the next time they will have even more autonomy, and then you will be able to delegate more things to to that person. Fantastic. Cheers, guys. Really interesting. Um, so we will come on to Islahul, uh, your question next, if that's OK. All right. Yeah. Uh, so this is something that, that you know, we we uh, have been going through at Mavenoid. We are scaling up from from a small company to, to now uh, a post series A startup. And uh, we have quite a lot of people, as I mentioned already. Uh, so I just wanted to touch on on the question that how do you think about delegation as you scale up and you you go when you scale up, you go from a small team with a lot of individual ownership, a lot of areas that a single person covers 
to a much larger team where you get maybe more expertise in the team with more well-defined areas of responsibility. Like if everybody, you know, uh, just goes on and and does their own thing, then then it's it's not going to work towards a, a singular goalpost that you you already talked about a bit before. Um, how do you how do you make that transition and how do you make that while keeping people and that's kind of an important thing because the the nature of the people that you you get on early on when you are a really small team is is a lot of you know uh, almost like duct tape developers who are really good at making decisions on the fly uh, they are good at juggling multiple tasks at the same time they they don't they, they they don't get bothered as easily by interruptions uh, and how do you move on to to have more different kinds of people over time and uh, we can talk about uh, specific strategies there uh, one thing that i i found quite unintuitive at first was uh, that if you are an expert you are actually in the best place to to delegate that um, so you should oftentimes like uh, when the team grows uh, it's quite likely that you you get protective of your area and then if somebody wants to to take that and delegate that to a specific function then you you react negatively towards that um, so in order to counter that what you can do is go from a responsible or if you wanted to talk about the race matrix but uh, go from a responsible and accountable person to somebody who is being consulted so take that person make them the the primary point of contact to to get help from the person who is getting delegated to and uh, that is how you ensure that they they remain happy their domain knowledge gets uh, still remains useful while the delegation actually happens um, and the second part to to make sure is that you need to be absolutely clear when you delegate something. Uh, you cannot leave it open that, hey, you and this other person will work this out. You need to make it clear that person uh, B, let's say, is the one that is responsible for this now and you are the person who will, they will ask for help um, and then you you kind of should also attach uh, hopefully some some targets for the person B that the the original person who had the ownership for uh, has uh, an understanding of and hence what you what you would do is you would make the the person who initially built that or who was initially responsible for it responsible for the success of the person that it's uh, being delegated to so then they the situation is much more constructive uh, hope uh, Hope there are more ideas on on your side on this one. Um, yes, I mean uh, the the idea of adding more people when you scale up is to uh, to first of all get deeper into that domain. I mean, I think um, the, the the people that starts um, or beginning of a uh, of an early stage startup is usually generalist persons who so know. Um, a little about about a lot. They can ask the two first questions and then, <laughs> then not much more. So the reason of doing that is to uh, to add more people to optimize the area and also for for the person then um, spending time on other things, hiring or or you, you save it in that way. So so I guess um, the delegation from that point of view is again. Um, making really making sure that the onboarding is you take time for the onboarding in in a really good way and making sure that the, the person that gets in gets the the context and the goals in a, in a clear and uh, clear way and make sure that you spend time early on as a manager uh in 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 sinks um and um 
And also for, for you, it doesn't matter to understand whether this is a person that that would need some some more handholding or someone who wants to figure out things um, on its own. And in some some jobs that I've started, I, I found this kind of um, what you should set goals for the first 30 days or set goals for the first 60 days and these things. And align that with your manager is, is a good way of, of um, um, setting the right targets for how you get into the role, but also good targets on um, on what to deliver in, in the short term, because it will take time also to get people up to speed in, in, um, in, in the new role. So setting the right expectations, both on what's expected in different times, but also what's expected in uh when when you should be self-going so to say yeah and 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 it all comes down at the end to i i was i was thinking while uh while you were discussing um it all comes down to the people that we bring in our teams and how we treat the, the, the our our workers and the people that are work, working with us and and how the team uh interacts so um in a way the, um, I mean, scaling up, it's, it, it may be also a team, not necessarily being a company. As well. Sometimes also, yeah, I mean, we in Letters, we, we try to innovate many, many times and we try to create sub teams of working groups or new um, processes that were not existing before. And we uh, sometimes we get from uh, from the external, but many times we, we we look internally. So we use the people that we already have. So it's also in that sense, we try to have uh, try small and then scale up quite fast. So um, this topic is very relevant, and 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 the way let's say the way we recruit the people, the way we 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 talk to the people that are part of this team should be in a kind of empowerment way. So like they are responsible for their areas and they manage other teams and other people. So they have to make sure that it's not about managing the details, but kind of working into the bigger picture of why uh why we're working on that new process or the new product line um i i was i was thinking about the purpose again i mean how to make sure that the more it goes the team goes bigger uh the more um let's say the the delegation is there and they will make sure that we don't lose it across across the line um and to me it comes down again to to really the purpose why we hire uh the people who work with us uh, what is their role in in our teams and um, how we make them grow as leaders as well, uh, but not only as part of the team. Um, um, the, and one of the things that I was thinking about <laughs> like, well, while you were discussing is actually um, how to make them interact. So uh, how do we interact with our teams? So uh, is it uh, is it a biweekly uh, physical meeting or, 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 or digital one? Is it by sharing uh, uh, sharing objectives and making sure that um, uh, that we're on the same page? So to me, it comes down to leadership uh, a lot and and to the kind of people that we hire in our teams and how we make sure that they uh, they see the bigger picture as we as, as we do. Or uh, yeah. fantastic, cheers, guys. Um, so we'll move on to Andrea's question next. Change direction slightly, if that's okay. Yes. Um, so um, the, the one of the things that I was thinking when approaching the delegation versus micromanagers is also linked a bit to how if the team is scaled up, how we make sure that delegation does not become under management uh, in the sense that we talked about a lot about empowerment. We talked a lot about um, um, creating a common goal. Um, but also there is a fine line between not willing to interact with our team members uh, because we don't want to micromanage, but also on the other hand, making sure that we're going in the direction that we as a team leader or, or you know, head of a function of organization 
we want we want the the, the result to go. So there is a fine line there, uh, and and the two aspects of it is: are we creating um, completely independent leaders? Um, are we stepping in too much that we want to kind of um, uh, force a culture that uh, that uh, that doesn't allow uh, mistakes? So what is the fine line there? Um, and an answer that that I found to this question, but I'm really I'm really curious to see how how in other realities works is you know bring them on board in the beginning and work with the context. Also related to what you said before, Islahul, like work on the context. Make sure the context is is clear, and there are no doubts about the direction. Uh, and then you can almost let it go. Uh, because you are hired this person in the first place, so you kind of want them to be the the leaders of your organization, and 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 make sure the contest is right and the the, the guidelines are, are right and the, the 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 thoughts behind the guidelines are right, and then kind of uh, empower and let go. Um, if I need to summarize in uh, maybe maybe in one in one sentence, like make them dare to experiment and then kind of regroup. Um, to to relook and how things have gone and, and make sure that the context is is clear for everyone. But curious to hear. Um, I agree. You you want them to. It's it's an interesting question. Like when delegation becomes under management, because as you say, you want people that you hire to to be able to to be as autonomous as it is. But what I find is um, what you say is is really relatable. Making sure that the contest context is clear and maybe co-created uh, somehow that there's like a shake off between the manager and uh, and the employee or the team on what needs to be done. Um, and then um, what I think is is important is that you you have uh, check-ins with with the team or the employees um, like it could be one-on-ones uh, once a week or by weekly or whatnot. It, it's of course on the, the employee who decides and, and, and steer that meeting but that's a way also to um, to uh, to to be able to to hear how things are going and if there's needing any help, I mean, it's also important for the employee not to feel that they're left alone if if things happens. And it's a good way also to for them to to share thoughts or ideas or, or, or things like that. So I think making sure that you I, I talked earlier about spending time together. That is also spending time together in a um in a no like uh, reporting everything that happens way but more of a kind of okay what issues do you see or do you have any issues where you don't discuss something that you can other problem solve together or co-create together or be kept in the loop uh, somehow because i think a great motivation killer is if, if it's someone is uh, is working alone on something and they worked a lot with it and then you as a manager or someone else comes after some some weeks of work or something and say okay this was not the, the results that we were and they have been working a lot with it so if we come in early in the process you would be in a line better better initially and i think to have this consistent kind of kind of chats or um or, or way of interacting i think will um take down the risk of that happening and uh, um, and uh, yeah, making sure that uh, that there's a room for for getting feedback if 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 the employee wants it, but also there's this room of being able to sync or align with with what goes on because you also in in bigger organizations or also in small you have another uh, view or you might get information that the employee doesn't have or the team doesn't have that might be important as well uh, because things go on in. In bigger uh, companies and, and things like that, that you should should get information around as well. I really uh, just jumping in here. I really loved this question as soon as I I read it. Uh, and it's 
it's something that you you constantly juggle with uh, in 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 your your time as a manager and uh, i could come up with like three main things uh, that that might he be helpful here so uh, the first part is like under management uh, if if it comes from let's say um, an area where you you stop being helpful but just be a coach uh, and and it's easy to go in that direction because coaching is easy it's it's mostly talk and it's you know you, you kind of say say some obvious things and and you you point them in and you nudge them in the right direction but they don't necessarily you know act on it uh, immediately and it, it all makes sense everybody walks away from from that kind of a coaching session happy uh, but then you know the direction doesn't doesn't actually change uh, but one way of uh, delegating without under management uh, would be to actually be useful to the person you are delegating it to. So for example, when you have a tactical project, like let's say we have a POC coming up that we need to evaluate, uh, how can you be useful to the person who is building that POC? So you could uh, go out, you could test that that thing for them. Uh, you could early on try to map out uh, a project path and help them fill the gaps and and try to try to create structures for them uh, that might be helpful if they are stuck with something you know actually instead of telling them how to get unstuck you can actually you know go in there if you are in in development you can actually write the code or if you are in design you can you can build some prototypes and so on to actually go out of your way to be useful rather than just be uh, be there for them uh, and then the second one i could think of was to when, when you delegate, oftentimes you get into this mode of not caring about details because you think that the other person knows best and they will take the best decisions and so on, and then you will evaluate it later. But another way, uh, as you mentioned, uh, you could be, you have these one-on-ones, you have these regular check-ins and so on, uh, and to be a bit more detail-oriented in those check-ins. Um, so don't be afraid to just you know ask status and then uh, go in really deep into the the details and ask lots of questions. Uh, first of all, it it helps. Uh, often it it surprisingly helps morale because people don't recognize how hard their job is. But when you actually go through the details with them, they realize that oh we have actually accomplished something amazing here and I'm on the right track. I'm doing well here. Uh, if you just ask status, uh, thumbs up, thumbs down, it's you know, uh, it's just a summarization of it, and they don't get this feeling to walk away from uh, with that. And then when you care about details, it's it's actually not micromanagement in the typical way that you you point to the details and and you say that hey, this needs fix, but you actually help the other person see some things that you might not because you have communicated with other parts of the of the company and and they haven't. Uh, and sometimes it's you know very granular things in tech like uh, some people just don't know one side of of how how tech works than than others uh, and and you might just you know share that knowledge with them uh, but just don't don't be afraid of going into details for being perceived as a macro manager you, you can even sometimes you know in that conversation you can say that that hey i i'm not trying to be a micro manager I'm just trying to to get into the the weeds here and see if there is something interesting. Uh, and and oftentimes it you know reduces lowers people's guards and and they they are like okay this person is here to help me. Uh, the third thing was uh, to actually think about the fit. So once you have delegated, uh, it's not it's not always obvious that that person was the right fit for that particular thing. Uh, it's possible that there, there was some sort of uh, a mistake made there, or maybe you know the, you thought somebody else was a better fit and they were not available, and then you 
you decided to delegate uh, to to a person who might not be the best fit and then go over it with them. Try to find areas where there are gaps and evaluate that fit over time. And uh, one way to do that is also to document. Uh, so when you have these things, just try to note down what are the gaps and what are the things that we are missing and what the next time you have a sync, go over those notes and see what 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 we can do uh, better and then it's okay to then make a decision about the fit and delegate it somewhere else if needed or if you want to add more resources that is a place that you can start to work from rather than you know things coming at a surprise uh, to people where you you make decisions and then they they are usually unhappy about it because they, they didn't actually participate in that. Um, good good comments. I have um, uh, one thing. The first one in getting in and helping. I think that's that's really good also in terms of showing that you're there to to help them. But when you do that, I think it's important that you ask the the person before you start getting into that and make sure that they are aware of you doing. That. Otherwise, I think that can be really much perceived of. I'm just doing this and uh, and that for so it's it's uh, synced um, before because otherwise um, it can backfire. It can feel that you are being controlled or uh, patted on the head in, in different ways. But yeah, I think going into the details and not be afraid of discussing them. I think it's again like problem solving together. I think is is a way of of uh, of helping them and then then you can take different roles in that. Uh, I think helps uh, helps a lot. And on building on that, one of the things that that I tried that I liked is is in the area of the, of empowerment. So uh, when delegating, you actually give the full accountability of, of that specific work to the person you've been delegating to. For example, let's say we have a big presentation, and uh, one of the area of the presentation is actually taking care of my team members. Of course, they should be the one presenting it. Like they should be the one taking the ownership of, and and uh, and and we build the discussion together, and we build it together so that. On one one end, you know, one end you enter in, in the details, but also they feel empowered and they feel the recognition of their work because that's that's at the end the idea. If you don't care, you pass the message that the work is not important. While in reality, it is very important, and it's it's very nice also to get the recognition of that. So very nice, yeah. Fantastic. Cheers, guys. Really interesting discussion. Um, so we'll leave it there today. This has been the Evolution Exchange podcast. I want to take this opportunity to thank Andrea, Tobias and Islil for providing their insights into the topic. And thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, if you want to get involved in one of our upcoming podcasts, either reach out to me on LinkedIn or by email at daniel.mycheck at evolution.nordics.com.